being surrounded by several thousand cold wallets, I didn't take that crypto and put it on a cold wallet. And BlockFi got into some financial difficulties and my crypto was frozen. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Mark Venables. Mark, are you ready to join the mission? Absolutely. I'm on board. Ready to go. Well, let me introduce you to the audience. Mark, originally from the UK, is a serial entrepreneur and, among other companies, owns TheCryptoMerchant.com, offering the largest selection of crypto self-custody devices on the planet. He's determined to get the word out about cold wallets and crypto security while encouraging people new to crypto to get involved and be secure. And mom, who's my number one listener, Mark is going to talk to us about what is crypto self-custody and all of those fancy words. Mark, tell us a bit about the unique value that you are bringing to this wonderful world. Well, thanks for having me on. And I've, uh, as you say, I hail from the UK. I've been over in the US now 20, 20 odd years. And I've, uh, I've had a pretty diverse life and businesses from gyms to telecoms shops when I was younger to over the US real estate. And of course, as you mentioned, the, the crypto merchant. So it's certainly been it's certainly been a journey both in life and geographically. Mm. So tell us about the crypto merchant. Like what what are you doing there? How did it get started? And you know what's hot on the site? Sure. So as you said, the self-custody devices. So basically what that means is these are this is hardware and it's to remove the risk that you have when your crypto remains on the exchanges. When they're online, they're in a, a wallet, a hot wallet, if you like. And so as they're often referred to as hard wallets or cold wallets, and it's to remove your crypto it's your crypto, so you should keep it offline, and it keeps it secure. And you know these these devices are like encrypted, very very secure uh, miniature hard drives, if you like. There's a huge variety of them, and there's a lot of personal preference when it comes to choosing one. They're all very good, just different different technologies in in some of them. But the whole idea is to take your crypto offline because. As I'll uh, tell you in a few moments, my <laughs> my my story and uh, how I came to uh, kind of get involved, but it's uh, yeah. Mm. So that's <laughs> that's what they are in in the simplest form. So let's talk about that for just a second. You know, when when you deposit money, let's say at a bank, they put that money. You know, in theory, they're putting it in a vault, but in reality, it's in a ledger. But I'm assuming that. It's in a ledger inside a bank that's not being attacked all the time by hackers trying to get to that ledger. Whereas the importance for the crypto wallet and the idea of getting it out of an exchange is that even exchange that does a lot of work to try to keep 
that crypto is secure and they've got the hot wallet, they've got a cold wallet where they're trying to get that off of or disconnected from the internet, there's still risks. I mean, tell us a little bit more about why it's important to have such a device, because I think many people don't have such a device. No, no, quite. I mean, I, I talk to people with an eye-watering amount of money invested in crypto, and often they've not even heard of a cold wallet. We have you know, 200 million people with some type of crypto and only 10% possess a, a cold wallet. And that, you know, for the sake of 35 bucks up to 500 bucks, it, you know, these things can hold unlimited coins often. So you have the, the hacking of the exchanges is certainly a, a risk. And, you know, we've always, since the beginning of the internet, we've got hackers always trying to get into everything but of course you also have the danger of an exchange going bankrupt or the owners of the exchange doing something particularly bad and things getting frozen so there's a whole array of reasons why an exchange may go down and if you're lucky your crypto will be frozen and if you're unlucky it will disappear and we've seen that there's there's plenty of examples of this happening in recent years. And I think the, you know, the view of crypto being this sort of fairy dust, as some people call it, and there's a negative view out there. When it does happen, it's well publicized, far more than a a bank going bankrupt, for instance, might be, you know. So it sheds a negative light on this. And, you know, quite rightly, it's not right, but there's a simple answer. A cold one in common sense. And, and if if we think about the banking system, you know, around the world, basically the risk that a individual has is that the bank goes bust. And generally you're not protected over a certain amount of deposits that you have. But for the typical person, that's probably already enough to cover their deposit. Yeah, sure. $250,000 or whatever that number is. And in addition, what we see is that the regulators will sometimes come and actually figure out a way to get another bank to take over those deposits. And, you know, so really there's good, relatively strong protection for banks out there. The second one is mutual funds. If you put your money with a mutual fund company, that fund, that money is going to go into a separate entity that's separate from the mutual fund company. And the mutual fund company is going to run that entity and charge a fee. But if the mutual company goes bust, you're, assets are in a separate entity. So that co-mingled with that entity. And then if you open up a brokerage account, you buy stocks or bonds. Again, you're going to have ownership of those assets. They're not going to be co-mingled. Now, if the crypto exchanges were regulated you know, completely, let's say in the US as an example, then there would be a lot more you know, pressures on them for segregating assets and getting into cold wallets and stuff. But where things get messy is when it's in the mid ground where it's not being regulated. And then it's hard to know how protected, but when you use a device like this, you're actually removing it from the exchange and saying, I have it in my own self-possession, like taking cash or a gold bar and putting it in a safe at home. Yeah. It is akin to that in that you're, you know, if you did take a gold bar, that's probably more like taking a crypto and put it on a hard drive. If you took cash and put it in under your bed and, or in a safe, your cash would devalue over time. But of course, if you take Bitcoin 
and you have one Bitcoin, it, it still increases or decreases, you know, however the um, ratio is. And so when you go to, to sell it or exchange it or, you know, to, or trade, whatever you're going to do, it's, it's going to have the, the value, the current value of the market, much like gold. However, it gets a little a little more complex because when you take crypto from the exchange onto a cold wallet, you're actually not really taking crypto from the exchange because the crypto is on the blockchain. Mm. So what you're actually storing within a cold wallet are keys. And then in addition to that, you'll have a seed phrase, a 12 or 24 word seed phrase. And you can buy, you know, from us, uh, secure places to keep the seed phrase. You know, you, you don't want to keep it on your computer. You may as well, you know, keep it online, which is what we're trying to avoid. People write it on a piece of paper and that's not particularly secure. So, you know, arguably the seed phrase backup is more important than the cold wallet itself. Hmm. If you have a one of our still seed phrase backups, there's a way to put that onto the backup and it's dustproof, fireproof, waterproof. That you can put in a safe. If your cold wallet gets stolen, lost, your house burns down, you can recover that seed phrase backup and you can buy another wallet and recover your crypto. Hmm. So this is in the past, in years past, you'll hear stories about people with millions of dollars of crypto on drives that they can't access. And so that's solved that problem to a degree. Hmm. You know, as, as long as, again, it's common sense in cold wallets is definitely, you know, the most secure. And I think you need to go back to regulations. Things do need to be regulated in, in a positive way hmm. to give, you know, to give credence to the crypto space and to give confidence for the larger banks and funds to invest and to protect your retail investor, which is what, what another thing we're trying to do to educate, to humanize, to demystify the whole sort of crypto space. You don't you don't need to know about Internet 3.0 or the blockchain or anything else to invest. Mm. You can treat it as an investment vehicle. And it's relatively simple. And I think people are scared off somewhat you know, with a cold wallet, they don't know what it is and they don't know how it works. And it's really not that, it's certainly not a reason that warrants not having one, that's for sure. You know, there's so much information all over the place and uh, we're always happy to educate. Well, looking at your website, a cold wallet looks a lot like a car key that you, uh, <laughs> you know. So, so, yeah, I mean, some of them do. I mean, they're, they're all shapes and sizes yeah. and costs and there's a lot of emerging technology from, Various countries, you, you have the two largest cold wallet manufacturers, Ledger and Trezor, that have always been around. Mm. But there's a lot of other manufacturers that are equally as secure and arguably sometimes more, you know, more options and more functionality. So, you know, this is it does come down to personal preference to a degree, but they're all very secure and having one is infinitely better than not. And considering how much money people put into crypto, I mean, a couple hundred bucks for security makes a lot of sense. And now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And I'm looking forward to yours <laughs> since. So, no well, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Take it away. So, I mean, to be fair, over the years, I, I've invested in many things and 
lost and won. And as we all do from real estate to stocks and shares. And but the one that both <laughs> that relates directly to this is several years ago I was excited there was a company called BlockFi and they had a credit card and it was um it was a cool looking credit card it was black said so BlockFi on it and it was a crypto basically crypto credit card as in the rewards you earn were crypto and so it suited me it just seemed very cool and so I applied and got one of those credit cards and, and I would use it now BlockFi also had an exchange and I um, put money into crypto on that exchange. And the problem is I didn't take my own advice and being surrounded by several thousand cold wallets, I didn't take that crypto and put it on a cold wallet. And BlockFi got into some financial difficulties and I think it was FTX came to the rescue, but of course they went down in a blaze and my crypto was frozen probably you know two years ago now because I, I didn't protect it i didn't take it off and ironically i owed the credit card about five thousand dollars and it was similar to what i had so it wasn't a huge amount of money but it's still you know significant but of course the credit card was a third party so they continued to charge but i had no access to this this group this company were considered to be one managed to get Pay five thousand. I owed them on the credit card, but kept the five thousand I had in crypto. I am happy to say that just in the last two days, I've managed to withdraw it. But it's taken two years, and I was only allowed to withdraw the what it was worth back on the twenty first of June, two thousand twenty, or something like that. So I did. I I had no benefit of that would have doubled by now, for instance. Hmm. It certainly would have trebled and then gone back down and, and, and it would certainly be worth more. But, um, you know, it's just ironic that I sell these things, I preach the security and, and that particular one, I just didn't take my own advice. And so uh, hmm. it was a, not a good investment. I, you know, like I said, I'm happy to say that I kind of got most of it back. How would you summarize the lessons that you learned from it? Take my own advice, uh, you know, common sense and cold wallets. It's got to, <laughs> it's just, it really doesn't matter the the amount. You don't have to have a hundred thousand or a million in crypto to warrant getting a cold wallet. And it's creating good habits. Mm. And just, you, you can have 10 exchanges, you can buy 10 cold wallets if you like, but it's, it's just creating a ritual or a habit that you put it onto the cold wallet. Whether you're a trader, whether you're an investor, or a hodler, or a newbie, you know, the wallets, if you're a trader, there's wallets that you can trade from. And there's wallets, there's a particular wallet that you could just, if you want to store Bitcoin long term, there's one that's absolutely perfect for that. And we we offer more different types of wallet and manufacturer than anyone on the planet that I'm aware of. And and someone can have a free wallet of their choice if they do find someone that offers a greater choice. Mm. So it was a tough and slightly embarrassing lesson to yeah. learn. Uh, and how, how, let me ask you, if somebody puts their crypto on an exchange and, or they're using an exchange and then they add a cold wallet to that, 
And then the exchange freezes up, as you've described. How yeah. does having it on a cold wallet allow you to get around that? Because you could just open an account at, with another exchange. You open an account at another exchange, you have your seed phrase, your keys, and you would just then transfer it from your cold wallet into that exchange. And it, it is as, as simple as that. Right. So, and there's, there's, there's also uh, credit card type cold wallets where, you know, you can um, put $50 of crypto on there, Bitcoin, and give it to your grandkids in that sort of way. Right. So it's very diverse. But yeah, I mean, as long as you've got your seed phrase, as long as you've got your keys, you're safe. And as long as there's still an exchange somewhere that exists, they, that you can do that. Okay. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you've continued to learn, what's your one piece of advice? Just common sense. Just common sense and security with any investment. Just you know, do your best to, to secure your crypto. It's so simple mm. and inexpensive. And it can actually be fun. Yep. with some of these devices. So, mm. so yeah, that's all that I want to get out there, educate people on these, not only the devices, but on how simple they are and just demystify things a bit. Yep. So let's talk about a resource. I know you've given some code for people that want to go to your site. Maybe you can just share that. Absolutely. Yep. So if you go to thecryptomerchant.com and check out if you apply the code Dr. Stoltz, then you'll get 10% off the entire order, whatever you purchase. And so, you know, go to thecryptomerchant.com, have a poke around, see what you like. Any questions, we do have tech support, which mm. is fairly rare on these sort of things. And you're welcome to email myself or yeah. support for any questions. Always delighted to help where I can. Great. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And it's Dr. Stotts, S-T-O-T-Z. So last question, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal would be, if it were possible, is to come out of this cycle of the crypto winter. It's just been 23, 22 and 23. It's just not been good for, you know, for the crypto space. But I think anyone that really is involved, we're all expecting the last part of this year or certainly 2024 to come out of the cycle and to be a really good couple of two or three years. So I'm prepping for that basically, trying to trying to get some education together to when people start wanting to get up on board this, um, you know, the rocket ship as it takes off, they'll be able to find all the resources they, they need to, to learn what they need to know. Exciting. Well, it will Absolutely. come back. It will come back at some point. So listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember, I'm on a mission to help one million people reduce risk in their lives. And I think today has been, you know, very helpful for that mission. So as we conclude, Mark, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of Ace Dots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Yes, use common sense, stay secure, and hold on for dear life. <laughs> and that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. Let's celebrate that today we added one more person on our mission 
to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.